Greatness is the orphan of urgency, Lane. Greatness only emerges when we need it most in times of, of war or calamity. Now, I can't ask somebody to be a, a Kennedy or a Lincoln. They were men created by their times. What I, what I can ask for is the, is the promise of greatness. From the movie The Contender, you know, uh, greatness is only comes out in times of uh, of war, calamity. You know what? I think what I'm seeing this week is uh, as we see the coronavirus insanity, and I'm saying coronavirus is one thing, coronavirus insanity is another. Just the, the craziness that's going on, uh, and then on top of that, Iran attacks one of uh, the Iraqi military bases and kills two Americans and a, and a British soldier. And uh, quickly we had a retaliation. I don't have all the details on it, but I say, you know what? I think about how the mortgage business is right now, and it is absolutely going crazy with the interest rates dropping so crazy. And uh, everybody in the whole mortgage business is freaking out because there's about $10 trillion worth of loans that want to be refinanced. And the whole industry doesn't have the capacity to do it. There's not enough people that know the mortgage business that can process these loans, that can originate these loans, that can close these loans in a, in a uh, reasonable time if, if we all go crazy on this. And everybody's freaking out. The bond markets, uh, the bond market is just mirroring the stock market. It's up one day, it's down one day, it's it's way high. Then all of a sudden, it falls into the toilet, and you know people are freaking out. It is, uh, it is crazy. But let me give a message to you, realtors out there. If your lender is ignoring you because he's he's trying to rake in all the refinances, call me. Call me because we're focusing on purchase business first. We're doing refinances. We're doing reverse mortgages. We're doing all that stuff, but we're not freaking out on it. Purchase money is always going to be priority. I remember a friend of mine, Mike Novak Smith, who was uh, at the time probably one of the top three realtors in the country at, at Remax uh, in Reno Valley. He had uh, all the all the bank bank repo uh, listings. He he is a truly truly genius in the real estate business. 
And he used to say, hey, you know what? Every time the rates go up, all these realtors, all these lenders come in there and say, hey, where were you, where were you guys when, when the rates were high or when the rates were low? You guys didn't have any time to take care of us. He goes, that's why I use you, Ed. He goes, because you're always here. So you're always here taking care of us and making things happen. So again, realtors out there, if your lender is, is uh, ignoring you, he's a fool. And uh, you should probably use someone who takes care of uh, people buying houses. And for those of you that are refinancing, beware. Rates are going to go down some more. They're going to drift slowly. It's a, it's a roller coaster out there. Don't panic. You have to kind of go in and say, hey, let's get it started. And don't be impatient. Don't figure you're going to skip your payment this month because uh, refinances happening in, in three weeks are not going to happen anymore. They're going to, you know, hey, we're going to we're going to lock things and you'll close the next probably 45 days. Um, so anyway, don't panic. Relax. It's all craziness out there. I use that song, uh, Mr. Blue Sky from Electric Light Orchestra from 1977. Uh, to try and brighten everybody up because everybody's doom and gloom. Hey, they canceled the basketball season. They canceled uh, spring training at baseball season. You know, I got a te- I got an email from uh, Sandals Church. They canceled church. We have to watch it on internet now. How's that gonna work? You know, it's just it's just not the same on the internet. It's a uh, it's close. If we're out of town, Don and I watch on the internet, but. You know what? It's just not the same as actually being in church. So, uh, you know, the sky is falling. Conferences are being canceled. Uh, anything. And then go into the go into the uh, the grocery stores. And what is the deal with toilet paper? I didn't know there was a run on toilet paper. Toilet paper, batteries, Purell, uh, water bottles. I'm glad I have a water filter underneath my uh, underneath our sink. We always buy water bottles because it's just convenient, but I'm glad we have brand new filters under our sink so we can, uh, so when there's no water available, because you guys are freaking out. And you know, the, the amazing thing is about, about this is the, uh, is the fact that everybody's freaking out on Purell. You guys don't wash your hands anyway. No, washing your hands to stay healthy is not something new. Not something new, but now everyone's got to get a whole basket full of of Purell and uh, antibacterial stuff so you can wipe on your hands. You know that's that's uh, that's extra extra protection. But you know what? Wash your hands. You go into the theater, and we go to we go to Harkins Theater most of the time in Moreno Valley or Redlands, and uh, the bathrooms are clean. But you watch these little kids come in there. They got their fingers in their nose and God knows where else. And they're digging their hands in popcorn and sharing it with other people. And then they walk in and they, they grab the handle that you have to grab to open the door. And then they uh, go to the bathroom and they walk right out. Don't wash their hands. And they grab the handle. You got to open to. And where do you think those germs go when you grab that handle? And how about the handles on the escalator? How, you know, if you guys don't wash your hands already, Purell is not going to save you. You know, if you're a dirty, skanky person and you don't you don't think about this stuff, and that includes about I don't know, 75% of everybody I see, uh, wake up. But now everybody's rushing. You know, when this is all over in a couple of months, people are gonna have stockpiles of Purell in their pantries and their bathroom cabinets, and they're never gonna get opened until they move out, or you know, people people die or. Uh, or they die and their kids are cleaning out their house or their house goes to foreclosure and some guy like me picks it up in a foreclosure sale and they're, and they're, uh, they're trashing it out. And they're, what's all this cases of Purell never got opened. 
You know, it reminds me of a scene from uh, the movie Jackie Brown. Uh, uh, uh. I didn't hear you wash your hands. Yeah, I'm going to be using that as a little uh, text thing from now on. <clears throat> I, I remember that one. It was an inside joke at our office um, 20 years ago, 20 years ago, 25 years ago. I don't remember, but, you know, it's it's comedy to watch, and it's kind of scary about how everybody's freaking out. But I think the media's uh, on to that. But anyway, I'm going to talk about everything that's going on. And before I go any further, let me introduce myself. My name's Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are being allowed by all this crazy low rates and you're patient about what you're doing and keep your, keep your sanity, if you're a crazy, insane person, call Bank of America. But if you've got some common sense with you and you want to take advantage of this, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll-free, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to talk to me, but you don't want to talk on the phone just yet, or maybe you just want to get in line, hey, Ed, you know, I'm interested in refinancing. Could you just put me on your list to call me in the next couple of days? Go to edhoffman.net. Click on the Summit Funding logo. Put in the, as much information as you want me to have. If you're already one of my customers, you know, just shoot me a, hey, can you look me up? If I haven't financed you in a couple of years, I don't have any of your financial stuff, you know, fill in some of the blanks so, I, so I'm prepared when I call you back. Uh, go to edhoffman.net. Click on Summit Funding logo. Put in as much information as you want me to have. Tell me how much information you want back. And I will get back to you. You'll hear either back from myself or Eric Marquez, Cody Bradbury, Aaron Fredericks, or Brian Goodman—all parts of all parts of my team that uh, our team works together on all our loans, and they are me, and I am them. At some point, you'll hear from me. Um, if you hear something you want repeated or you want to share this show, edhoffman.net, click on the podcast page. You'll hear this show as well, as well as several past shows. You can also get the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes, where you can subscribe subscribe for free. Have it download at once a week to your your uh, your iPhone or your iPad or your iPod or your mini pad or your maxi pad, your computer, anything that gets podcasts, and you can uh, listen on demand. Follow me on Twitter where I tweet, tweet about current events all week long, at Ed Hoffman. No extra numbers, just at Ed Hoffman. Not at real Ed Hoffman, not the Ed Hoffman. It's just at Ed Hoffman. And uh, the Facebook page is facebook.com slash the main event Ed Hoffman. Okay, if, you, uh, if you're having a hard time finding me, you didn't try very hard. Okay, so let's talk about what's going on. Chronologically, as always, uh, this week's primary night was known as Super Tuesday 2, or Big Tuesday, was turning point for that solidified Joe Biden's place as the eventual Democrat nominee, supposedly. The former vice president defeat Bernie Sanders not only in the coveted Michigan primary, but Idaho, Mississippi, Missouri as well. As of Thursday, Sanders only had one North Dakota, and votes are still being counted for Washington. Washington appears to be the only state that counts slower than California because they're all stoned up there. Uh, and apparently they're all getting coronavirus So because uh, it's wet and it's kind of cool where viruses grow. I say it's wet and they go into the warm, and it that helps breed things. I think... Uh, I think it's it's safe in my house because my house is always like 60 degrees um, in our house. So we have solar, so we don't have an electric bill. My wife likes it cold. So uh, so that's how it is at my house. So uh, delegates awarded on Tuesday. Um, Idaho had 29 to, nine to Biden, 7 to Sanders. This is why I don't think this is over. Is because the, most of these states aren't winner take all um, like they are in the general election. So 
Uh, Michigan, 71 to Biden, 50 to Sanders, 29 29 to 2 in Mississippi, Missouri 40 to 23, 6 to 8 in North Dakota. So Bernie won North Dakota. He only got two more delegates. And then Washington is 17 17 tie because they haven't called it. And I'm not sure if it I'm not sure how they're going to divide it. Biden gave a speech from his grant from the Grand Hall at the National Constitution Center on in Philadelphia on Tuesday night, attended by only his campaign staffers and a huddle of reporters. Wow, is that all that was in there? Amazing. They didn't even have to get it cleared for coronavirus because only like uh, 20 or 30 people. In a clear attempt to look presidential with Jill by his side, Jill is up there lying to herself. I'm going to be the first lady. I don't think so, lady. Uh, you're going to be uh, you're going to be working uh, as a as a visiting angel for your husband. Um, Joe did his best to uphold the Democrat fantasy that he's America's only hope to restore decency and statesmanship to the presidency. He started by trying to clean up the mess he made last week when he bumbled the Declaration of Independence. Remember this? We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the goal. You know the you know the thing. Yeah, so it's amazing how delivering a speech to only his staffers and with a teleprompter helped Biden get it right this time. Tonight, I'm speaking to you from the National Constitution Center, not far from where two of the most important documents in all of history were written. The Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident. Those words became the American creed known around the world. The U.S. Constitution. We, the people. These words literally changed the world. We've never fully lived up to the promise of either of those documents, but we've never, ever before walked away from them. Yeah, well, you notice this time he didn't try to uh, repeat the important parts. You know, just, we hold these truths to be self-evident, and you know the, you know the drill, and uh, we the people. He tried to be more presidential by not pretending he knew the words. Um, you know, and, and it's, and it's, uh, you also notice that in the, in the, in the last week or two, when Biden does a, does a, uh, a, uh, a rally, a rally, you see Trump going on for an hour and a half, two hours, two and a half hours. He's talking and he can't shut up. But when Biden goes up there, he got a bunch of other people talking. And I think I heard that there was uh three rallies. One time he was on for seven minutes. One time he was on for 10, one time for 12. Because they can't risk him saying something stupid for that's going to get on uh, put on the internet or shown on uh, on uh, Fox News or something, and he can't go. I'm wondering what he's going to do Sunday night at the debate when he has to be on stage with Bernie Sanders. He's clearly demented if he thinks that these things are going to be America his his ideas. But Bernie is at least conscious. At least he can clear think and talk for a couple of hours. Biden, Biden, I think, is going to make a fool of himself. But anyway, uh, Biden continued with his speech. And notice how, how kind of he's talking like uh, it's kind of like a eulogy for the Bernie Sanders campaign. We need you. We want you. And there's a place in our campaign for each of you. And I want to thank Bernie Sanders and his supporters for their tireless energy and their passion. We share a common goal. And together, we'll defeat Donald Trump. We'll defeat him together. Yeah, well, if they share a common goal, I don't think, other than just winning, he wants to win. I want to win. That's a common goal. Other than that, I don't see the I don't see the uh, 
anything common between the two of them. And it's hard to believe that this is the same candidate who yelled at a voter that very morning. Happened on the floor of the Fiat plant in Michigan where Biden was uh, meeting with factory workers. These union workers that have been working countless hours under the Trump administration, I'd like you to explain how you plan to not only keep us working, about how you intend on getting the union vote when there is a large portion of the union workers that are gun enthusiasts and you are actively trying to diminish our Second Amendment right and take away our guns. You're full of All right, thank now, you. Now, no, shush. Shush. I support the Second Amendment. Second Amendment, just like right now, if you yell fire, that's not free speech. And from the very beginning, I have a shotgun, I have a 20 gauge, a 12 gauge, my son's hunt. Guess what? You're not allowed to own any weapon. I'm not taking your gun away at all. Yeah, you're not allowed to own any weapon, but I'm not taking your gun away. His son's hunt. I think he only has one son left, and I think he's in Las Vegas hunting for, not for uh, wildlife to shoot for for food. He's he's hunting for wildlife of some of a different sort. Um, this guy's this guy's clearly demented. It's always so, so presidential to say shush. Or don't be a horse's butt. As things escalated, Joe got in the man's face and confronted him with one of his classic let's take it outside threats. You need 100 rounds? So when you were in Beto no. when you said you are going to take our guns, that I did blood. not say that. That's not true. I did it's not say that. It's a viral video. It's a viral video like the other ones are putting out that are simply it was a lie. Your, your voice, you said that you're taking the gun. Well, he just clarified it. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Hey, hey, take the AR, your AR-14s. Okay, this is not okay. Hold on, hold on. All right. Hey, let's you want to tell me this. There's a lot of guys. You're not working for me, man. I'm not working. Hold on. Give me a break. Don't be such a horse guy. Yeah, don't be such a horse's butt. So um, the man in the confrontation, Jerry Wayne, recapped what happened on Fox and Friends. Uh, he started making his rounds, uh, shaking people's hands, and he made it to my way, and I stopped him. I started asking him a question. He could have easily said, I'm not taking questions, and I would have very respectfully walked away, but he wanted to listen to my questions, and I don't think that he was ready for it. I also asked him uh, how he wanted to get the vote of the working man when a lot of us wield arms. We, we, we bear arms, and we like to do that. And if he wants to give us work and take our guns, I don't see how he's going to get the same vote. He doesn't need to touch anybody's weapon at all. Jerry. What we need to do is we need to concentrate on teaching people how to respect firearms and how to use them, not take them away. Wow, look at the common sense coming out of a blue-collar guy from Michigan. Uh, but he's voting for Trump. Sorry. So let's talk about Joe Biden's faculties. Bernie had a heart attack. But it's clear at this point that Biden is not all there cognitively. Uh, here's another telltale sign, the short three-page medical report from Biden's doctor last month. For a 77-year-old man, it seems pretty odd. First of all, a medical history should include at least five pages for a healthy man in his 40s. I mean, when I when I get a report from my doctor on a on a on a uh, uh, on a physical a basic physical it's got all kinds of stuff on there i don't have a clue what what any of it means but my doctor explains it to me but it isn't three pages it's also it's also odd because back in 2008 when he was running for vice president joe biden submitted a detailed 49 page medical report conclusion based on his recent outbursts memory lapses general screw-ups there's probably a cover-up here kind of like when uh hillary clinton was uh collapsing from heat stroke on uh I think it was on 9/11, getting into the uh, 
getting into the van as you we saw as we saw her collapse as the her uh, her handlers uh, picked her up and shoved her into the van at uh, Ground Zero on uh, 9/11, and then she came out to an open uh, to open sidewalk with a little girl. That hey, you know what? There's nobody on the sidewalks of New York. You know it's staged, unless it's. I mean, even if it's three in the morning in uh, in Manhattan, there's never nobody on the sidewalk, and certainly not when it's light. So uh, so he's not a healthy guy. Uh, David Shiner said, who was Barack Obama's personal physician for 22 years and asked, was asked to review Biden's report. He's not in bad shape for his age, but I wouldn't say he's in outstanding health. Could I guarantee he won't have an issue for the next four years? He has a lot of issues that are just kind of sitting there. You know, I can tell you whatever anybody says, the presidency is, is, uh, is higher stress than any of us realize. I started to say this at the beginning about how the mortgage business is, you know, it's stressful. People are, you know, Hey, what's going on with the rates? I need to get this done. I need to get that done. But this is where, you know, it's kind of stressful and I don't really enjoy it, but this is where I'm at my best because when it's, when it's going chaotic, I can delegate and do this and do that, take care of problems, figure it out, do all this stuff. That's where I shine. And you know that's where Donald Trump is right now. Hey, we're getting a hit in Iraq. We got the coronavirus. What do we do about the economy? How all this stuff is doing? He's firing in all cylinders, and he's you know he's got people around him. He's listening, making making decisions, making decisions based on on common sense and the the information his handlers are giving him. And uh, and I think I think he's gonna he's gonna shine. Biden, on the other hand, is is not there. A letter from uh, Biden's physician concluded the former vice president is a healthy, vigorous 77-year-old that is fit to be the president despite an irregular heartbeat and high cholesterol. Hmm, let's think about this for a second. Joe Biden's about six foot tall, and he's about 125 pounds the way it looks. And he's got high cholesterol? And he's uh, challenging people to push-up contests? I don't know, but I just, I'm, you know, I'm... I'm only 58. I work out almost every morning. Uh, I have a personal trainer that comes over just to make sure I get my butt out of bed because I'll sleep in. Otherwise, I don't really need any coaching. But he comes over and we have a we have a political discussion and we exercise uh, Monday through Thursday because I decide I want to sleep in before my uh, radio show an extra hour. So um, Biden just doesn't look like a guy that should have high cholesterol. And he doesn't talk like a guy that has a high level of uh, of uh, electronic firing stuff in his brain that is firing the way it's supposed to. Kind of like a car going down the road. It's not a hum. Anyway, the report did not in, did not include anything about cognitive ability or mental functioning. But I just gotta think. It he doesn't look like he's all there to me. It just doesn't doesn't look like he's all there. So uh, let's go on, and uh, where does Bernie go now? At this point, experts are saying Bernie Sanders has no viable path to win the nomination. Um, there's there's no speech from him Tuesday night because he was too upset. He didn't know what to say. <sighs> Let me collect my thoughts. So anyway, um, but we, but as we heard in Biden's speech, Joe referred him to his Bernie's campaign in the past tense as if he already dropped out. Maybe AOC said it best. There's no sugarcoating it. Tonight's a tough night. Tonight's a tough night um, for the movement overall. Um, well, you know, 
Yes and no. You know, obviously tonight's a tough night electorally. You know, uh, at least AOC is expressing the truth. And uh, and I'm going to talk about, after we go to the break, I'm going to talk about what how Bernie reacted in his speech on Wednesday morning where everyone's uh, flashing up. Bernie's calling us a press conference. Is he out? And uh, and I'm going to talk by it because I can probably base the whole show on just the, the points from that. But you know what? Uh, Thursday night, I saw AOC on, uh, on Fox. I think she was talking to Brett Baer. And she's talking about what we should do about coronavirus. I'm going, hey, why do we care what AOC uh, has to say about how to deal with coronavirus? Now, if we need to order a couple of pitchers of uh, Long Island iced teas, she's our girl. But I just don't think she has anything relevant to say. Anyway, I'm all out of time for this half of the main event. Don't go away. Five minutes of uh, traffic, weather, commercials, and sports. And we'll be back with all the rest of the craziness that went on this week. To the main event, my name's Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. I don't talk a lot about real estate and financing on the radio because most of the time it's boring. And for you guys that don't realize you're in the market or don't think you're in the market or maybe you're not in the market, you just don't want to listen to it. So I talk about what's going on. You get to know who I am. But if you're in the market, which probably includes more of you than I can handle, if you want to get some info on uh, on buying, especially if you want buying, I'm always going to put purchase money first. I've got a whole separate group that handles reverse mortgages for you seniors and, uh, and refinancing. Just be patient. Rates are not going up hour to, well, hour to hour. They're going up, they're going down, they're going up, they're going down. It'll settle down. If you, if you're, if you want to refinance, call us and just be, uh, be patient. We'll get at you. Um, and it's just not going to be a three week process like it used to be because, the world is backed up in the mortgage business. It's uh, it's it's a mathematical uncertainty that everybody can be taken care of by every single person in the mortgage business. But in this time of uncertainty, you want to deal with somebody who's competent, that has a brain. You don't want to talk talk with someone on the on the other side that sounds like they're in India or the Philippines or some call center that's not even in the country. And you don't want to talk with uh, some of the big companies who are just hiring people that. You know, hey, I got a job stocking shelves at Amazon and uh, I really don't like it. Could I be in the mortgage business? Sure. We're going to have you answer questions, fill in these forms. And if you want to deal with that, you know, get what you get. So anyway, uh, 855-640-2020 is my team line. If you want to uh, just go on uh, edhoffman.net, click on the Summit Funding, give me the information. Be patient. We'll get back to you within 24, 48, 72 hours. We'll get to all of you. But realize it's the whole country. If you don't hear back from me in, in two hours like you're used to in the past, um, we're not shining you on. We'll get to you. We love you all. We love all our clients, all our listeners. We'll take care of you. So before the break, we were talking about uh, uh, all the stuff that is, you know, imagine you're a Democrat and you're going in to vote. And on the ballot, you've got two choices, Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders. That's got to be a depressing moment. 
that's got to be an absolute depressing moment. Um, but anyway, let's talk about, let's talk about, we were talking about, uh, um, Bernie Sanders and his, uh, his defeat on Wednesday night, which I don't think is the end of it. Personally, I think, I think that Joe Biden looks like the, clearly the front runner and the Democrat party is obviously pushing towards it because they know socialism is not going to go in this country. But I think Sunday night, there's going to be a two hour debate and Biden can't stand up for two hours and answer questions and be, and be coherent. And it's going to stir up a bunch of stuff after Sunday night, and we're going to see the Democratic Party go into chaos. And the Bernie Sanders people are not going to lay down and vote for Biden. I just don't believe that's true. So uh, so Sanders, I played what, uh, what Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez said, and being truthful, because she doesn't know much of anything to say on... Uh, I mean, she can describe that she's disappointed... That doesn't take any uh, any intelligence to talk about any, anything like that. Well, this was a disappointing night. Okay, so that's what she said on Tuesday night. Wednesday morning, surprise, uh, Bernie Sanders surprised everyone with this long press conference to announce he's still in. Uh, although I said in the beginning, everyone was speculating. He's calling a press conference. Is he going to drop out? All over, all these news flashes. Um, after the beginning with his standard Trump is the existential threat and the racist president intro, Bernie said this. Last night, obviously, was not a good night for our campaign from a delegate point of view. We lost in the largest state up for grabs yesterday, the state of Michigan. We lost in Mississippi, Missouri, and Idaho. While we are currently losing the delegate count, approximately 800 delegates for Joe Biden and 660 for us, We are strongly winning in two enormously important areas which will determine the future of our country. Poll after poll, including exit polls, show that a strong majority of the American people support our progressive agenda. Yeah, I'm not really sure how he knows that, Um, how he can know that the vast majority of Democrats are for his progressive agenda when they're clearly voting for Biden. But I do, I do give him credit. I do give him credit for uh, coming out and seeing like it is. He didn't sugarcoat it, you know, regarding the, the day before his results. But, uh, you know, he continued. The American people are deeply concerned about the grotesque level of income and wealth inequality in this country. And the American people want the wealthy and large profitable corporations to start paying their fair share of taxes. Overwhelming support for that. I cannot tell you how many people our campaign has spoken to who have said, and I quote, I like what your campaign stands for. I agree with what your campaign stands for, but I'm going to vote for Joe Biden because I think Joe is the best candidate to defeat Donald Trump. End of quote. We have heard that statement all over this country. Needless to say, I strongly disagree with that assertion. Yeah, well, let's talk about a couple things that uh, he said there. So he's talking about the income inequality and, and the American people want the wealthy people and the corporations to pay their fair share. Let me uh, clue you in. And if you're a wealthy person or a high earner or own a corporation, you know, and even if you're a Democrat, you can't, you cannot deny nobody pays taxes except for the wealthy 
and the and the high earning uh, and corporations. Nobody pays taxes. And I will tell you, I know some people that actually are high earners and and I watch how they file their taxes. And it just angers me that people people and tax and tax preparers think it's okay to just make up fantasies to keep them from paying taxes. You know what? It's it's a mind it's it's a small amount. It's a small amount, but it adds up. And for someone who who makes a, a pretty uh uh pretty tasty amount of money now, um I pay taxes on everything. I pay taxes on every dollar. I won't say I don't take write-offs that are legal, but I'm not talking about legal write-offs. I'm not talking about legitimate write-offs. I see people's taxes all day long, and it just, I had to just bite my tongue, not say it. But let's talk about the income equality. One other thing he said, well, you know, the Walton, the Walton family, the people that own Walmart, they have hundreds of billions of dollars, and they pay their employees 11 or $12 an hour. You know what? They pay 11 or $12 an hour to the guys that are out in the parking lot getting the grocery baskets. And uh, the, the senior citizens that are out front saying, hey, welcome to Walmart when you walk in. And the people that are stocking the shelves probably make 15 or $20 an hour. But I will guarantee you, I have done some loans for people that work at the corporate office in uh, Bentonville, Arkansas. And I've done people that are store managers. And they pay their, their employees well. They just have so many gazillion employees that they're supporting the country that the lion's share of them are entry-level positions. And for those of you that work at Walmart in entry-level positions that are going, Hey, I wish they just don't even care about me. They don't even pay attention. Or you work at stocking shelves or something at Amazon. Well, you know, they, they just pay me. I go home and they never even pay attention. Entry-level positions are foots in the door. Those are entry levels. So you can go in and impress the boss by working your butt off, having a good attitude. You have to act as if, you know what? You start in high school and you go work for McDonald's or some gas station or some restaurant or some somewhere where you're making, making minimal wage. You're getting some money to put gas in your car and pay insurance. So you can, so mom and dad will let you drive their car. But the, the, the object of the game is impress somebody. One of the customers and say, wow, I love your attitude. Why don't you come work for me? Here's my card. Call me when you're off work. Or the boss goes, wow, this guy's, this guy clearly has more, has more to offer than what he's, what we're getting from him. Let's pull him in the office and have a talk about it. Okay. So you guys that think you're entitled, well, I worked 40 hours. I'm exhausted. I should be making a living wage. That's not how it works. So, uh, so next Bernie uh, gave Biden a leg up on the debate. For Sunday by giving him plenty of time to prepare for his questions he plans to ask him uh, I don't know that this is a great strategy I think he was consulting with Donna Brazil who gave uh, the questions to Hillary before she went up against Bernie but let's hear and let me be very frank as to the questions that I will be asking Joe Joe what are you going to do for the 500,000 people who go bankrupt in our country because of medically related debt and what are you going to do for the working people of this country and small business people who are paying on average 20% of their incomes for health care? Joe, what are you going to do to end the absurdity of the United States of America being the only major country on earth 
where health care is not a human right. Are you really going to veto a Medicare for all bill if it is passed in Congress? I kind of like, like to ask Bernie, uh, why do you think it's okay that people that go to school for high school, four years of college, uh, four, three or four years of, uh, of medical school, do a, uh, internacy or a residency or whatever they do after that, and then get into the medical practice. Why do you think it's okay that, that they make less than a gazillion dollars a year after all that school and then pay those student loans back because they chose this. And why do you think that's okay? And then everybody's just entitled to it. I will tell you one of my doctors, uh, uh, told me one time, he said, Hey, you know what? If you walk into, if you're a homeless guy and you say, you walk into the grocery store and say, Hey, I'm homeless and I'm hungry. I need to get some food, but I don't have any money. They kick your butt out. But if you walk into a, a hospital or an emergency room and say, uh, I'm homeless. I don't have any money and I'm hungry and I, and I don't feel good. Or I, I broke my arm or I, or I, I'm having a heart attack or I just got shot. They'll get arrested if they don't treat you. So where, where is it that it's not a human right? Just because we don't say, hey, everybody go in, it's free, doesn't mean it's not a human right. But you got to see, see the other side. Somebody has to treat these people, and they got to go to school, and they got to prepare. I mean, hey, let's hire some people from Walmart that are used to making 11 or $12 an hour and give them have them work at the hospitals and help out people that have a human right for health care. Is that what you want? I don't know. You know what? If you Democrats are out there that think I'm wrong, it just uh, I, I just don't understand the the logic for the argument for what Bernie Sanders is uh, is uh, is proposing. And if you thought Bernie was going to drop the climate change nonsense as America faces the coronavirus pandemic, think again. Joe, how are you going to respond to the scientists who tell us we have seven or eight years remaining to transform our energy system? before irreparable harm takes place to this planet because of the ravages of climate change. I don't know. I'm thinking it was like a year ago when they were saying, we have 12 years. Now it's seven or eight. Maybe these aren't normal calendar years. You know, if you've ever seen the movie uh, Inherit the Wind or read the book or the play, it was uh, about the Scopes trial. And uh, I think it was... Clarence Darrow was arguing for the defense of this teacher that thought it was okay to teach uh, evolution at the same time he's teaching creationism just to give people, to give kids the, the thinking. And they were arguing the Bible and say, hey, you know what, how did they know the first day was the first day? You know, the, you know, they didn't have the sun until like the second or third day. So we measured days by, by the, how we, how the earth turns and we, and compared to the sun, but God didn't make the sun until uh, second or third day. So what is, uh, you know, how, how do we know that was a day? It could have been like 300,000 years or something. We don't know. So maybe that's how these uh, climate change years are. Maybe uh, 12 years is really, you know, one year equals four or five. I don't know. Uh, I'm just listening and I'm thinking. So in the case you noticed that, uh, in case you hadn't noticed, Bernie has expanded his free college promise in the last few days. Now it includes free trade school. Still no word how he's going to pay for it. Joe, at a time when most young people need a higher education to make it into the middle class, what are you going to do to make sure that all of our people 
can go to college or trade school regardless of their income? And what are you going to do about the millions of people who are struggling with outrageous levels of student debt? Yeah, I'm not really sure where to start on that one. You know, uh, my friend Dr. Bill Clark has that uh, technical trade school teach you how to be a machinist. And uh, I know I went to uh, I went to uh, I took a automotive class at at Cal State Long Beach when I was in my first year in college. And hey, you know, I got to have an elective. I took a, a one semester of uh, automotive. So I learned how the internal combustion engine works and you know how you pack wheel bearings and the basics of the systems. And in my time in the auto service business, basically, um, while I was going to college, I think most people start out busting tires and then they go to lubes and oil changes and changing shocks and that kind of stuff. And they kind of learn as they go. Once you get, I don't really think this is a big federal thing. Uh, And of course he ends with what's really important to Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders, Americans who are criminals and illegal immigrants who aren't Americans at all. Joe, at a time when we have more people in jail than communist China, a nation four times our size, what are you going to do to end mass incarceration and a racist criminal justice system? And what are you going to do to end the terror that millions of undocumented people experience right now because of our broken and inhumane immigration system? Yeah, well, I could use up the rest of the show on that one, but I want to get to the coronavirus, so I'm just going to leave that as, what? What? So anyway, uh, so the coronavirus pandemic is consuming us, um, but I had to get through the the Biden, the Joe Biden and Bernie stuff. Um, there's about 1,300 cases of COVID-19, which is the the version of coronavirus in the United States. 39 Americans have died, but uh, but... Does the left really care about coronavirus or just Donald Trump's response to the coronavirus? Seems like it's the second one. First, they said he's personally he personally caused the epidemic because he told Americans not to panic. Hey, I'm telling you right now, don't panic. Wash your hands. You should have been doing that before. And uh, stay away from people that are sick. And if you're in your 80s or your 90s, don't get pneumonia because even before coronavirus, if you've, if you've got a diminished immune system when you're in your 80s or 90s, that stuff is dangerous. Then they blamed him for the travel ban, not including Italy or South Korea. And okay, now the travel ban includes those countries and all the countries belonging to the European Union, but he's still racist because it doesn't include the United Kingdom, which I personally don't really understand myself. Why did he do the, the travel ban? So anybody in, coming from Europe, except for England, um, can't come into the United States other than Americans, uh, military people. And, you know, if you're Americans over there, you can still come home, but he's not letting people in, which I think is smart. But why do you exclude England? I'm not, I'm not too, too, uh, uh, too in tune with that. Uh, these are the things that they're focusing on because of the calm, authoritative presidential tone of Trump's address the other night. My fellow Americans, Tonight, I want to speak with you about our nation's unprecedented response to the coronavirus outbreak that started in China and is now spreading throughout the world. Today, the World Health Organization officially announced that this is a global pandemic. We have been in frequent contact with our allies, and we are marshalling the full power 
of the federal government and the private sector to protect the American people. The vast majority of Americans, the risk is very, very low. Young and healthy people can expect to recover fully and quickly if they should get the virus. The highest risk is for elderly population with underlying health conditions. The elderly population must be very, very careful. We are all in this together. We must put politics aside, stop the partisanship, and unify together as one nation and one family. As history has proven time and time again, Americans always rise to the challenge and overcome adversity. Our future remains brighter than anyone can imagine. Acting with compassion and love, we will heal the sick, care for those in need, help our fellow citizens, and emerge from this challenge stronger and more unified than ever before. God bless you, and God bless America. Thank you. You know, I think that's the president's job is to keep everybody calm, keep them informed, keep them calm. Um, I see he's meeting with medical people. He's meeting with, you know, he has task forces on this. He's meeting with with uh, financial people because this is clearly affecting a lot of people financially. And I, he's meeting with, uh, f- with corporations, uh, drug companies, doctors, all this stuff. He's immersed himself with people attacking the, the, the problem. The Democrats just want to pass bills to give out money, and they're criticizing him for, for you know, hey, well, we got to take care of this, take care of that. Hey, he's taking care of that, but first you got to go after the problem. Hey, you know what? Before you worry about the scar from that, that big slice in your arm, let's stop the bleeding so you don't die while we're worrying about what it looks like when after it's healed. And that's where the that's where Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and her group, and their group, just are are whack jobs. So anyway, um, and because now it's called, they're calling it a foreign virus, uh, now he's racist against the Chinese, and we all know the virus originated in China, the communist, the Chinese communist, China, and we know the Chinese Communist Party has threatened to cut off American access to antibiotics. Here's the part where Trump's address where he calls it that. This is the most aggressive and comprehensive effort to confront a foreign virus in modern history. I'm kind of I'm kind of surprised the the Democrats that live in the city of Corona aren't suing the the medical people or the 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 Food and Drug Administration or somebody for uh, for calling it coronavirus and now it might be uh, making people think or how about the beer Corona Beer Company they got to be suing somebody too because this is making them look bad and clearly has nothing to do with their beer or the city of Corona. Never mind that plenty of the people in the media were calling it the Chinese coronavirus, Wuhan virus, and yes, a foreign virus until last week. But now that Trump said it, it's xenophobic. The president referred to the coronavirus as a, quote, foreign virus. And I think it's going to smack, uh, it's going to come across to a lot of Americans as smacking of uh, xenophobia. And, uh, And guess who's also jumped on the bandwagon? Downplaying it, being overly dismissive, or spreading misinformation is only going to hurt us and further advantage the spread of the disease. But neither should we panic or fall back on xenophobia. Labeling COVID-19 a foreign virus does not displace accountability for the misjudgments that have been taken thus far by the Trump administration. This guy is supposed to unite people? I hope the American people are smarter than than to buy this, this crock of BS that Biden's putting out. 
and uh, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, all these people. I hope they're smarter than that. I don't give it much hope, but I hope so. And, you know, as if hell froze over, apparently uh, uh, President Trump had a conversation with uh, with Ka- uh, Gavin Newsom, and he made these comments this week. We had a private conversation, but he said, we're going to do the right thing, and you have my support. Uh, all of our support, uh, logistically and otherwise. So I, before he made those statements publicly, I had a private conversation with him around 4.30 uh, West Coast time, uh, and he said everything uh, that I could have hoped for. Uh, and we had a very long conversation, uh, and every single thing he said, they followed through on. So I'm, I'm just not interested in, in finding daylight uh, on those statements because uh, every single thing, his administration, and it starts at the top, uh, including the vice president, uh, has been consistent with uh, the expectation that we repatriate these passengers and we do it in a way that does justice to the spirit that defines the best of our country and the state of California. Did hell just freeze over? I don't know. Was that I don't normally listen to Gavin Newsom because whenever I play a clip of him, it gums up the speakers on my on my computer from his hair gel or on my iPhone. I just you know I I just can't believe that he just said that. And I wonder if someone someone had a, had a knife to him in the back. Who was standing behind him? So we just look at the video. Hey, anyway, I think that's uh, proof he can't deny that Trump is being presidential. He's not putting uh, politics in front of it. And uh, you know what? In my opinion, he's the man of our times. God sent him to us because no one else could have handled all these things happening. And uh, we're going to talk more about that next week and the next week and the next week. Hey, everybody. My name is Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening to the main event. I'll be back again with you next week. The opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Summit Funding Incorporated. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921. California DRE ID number 10126588. Arizona NMLS license number 0926439. Branch NMLS ID number 1841782. Summit Funding Incorporated. NMLS ID number 3199. Arizona license number 0925837. Housing opportunity.